You're listening to the Smart Policy Podcast, a production of the University of Tennessee's Institute for Public Service. Earlier this summer, I had Nathan Payne, director of the Collegiate Recovery Initiative at the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, or TDMHSAS, on the show. In that episode, we talked about how the culture of college campus is changing, not just in the students, but among the staff and administration as well, to one that is far more open and encouraging about recovery from drugs and alcohol. We also mentioned the Rocky Top Recovery Ambassadors, a program sponsored by TDMHSAS and piloted by the SMART Initiative. The Ambassadors are a group of college students, undergrad and grad, that identify as being in recovery and or having a mental health disorder. Building a community on campus of students wanting a safer, sober college experience, the Ambassadors hosted weekly all-recovery meetings and mental health events, as well as sober-friendly social events like group yoga, concerts, bounce house obstacle courses, and more. They also partnered with TDMHSAS and the Regional Overdose Prevention Specialists to provide trainings on how to be a recovery ally, carry and administer naloxone, and more. It's a really amazing change, frankly. We have been used to the stereotype of college life involving severe binge drinking and drug use for decades now, and to see it start to shift to a much more healthy and safe direction so strongly and so quickly is very hopeful. My guests this month are two of these ambassadors, Grace Harden and Morgan Schmitz. I wish I could have had them all on, but there's only so much time to an episode. As such, I strongly encourage you to check out the at Rocky Top Recovery Instagram so that you can see the reels the others have made to get a deeper look into how the on-campus sober community is growing and thriving. And for a quick note, later in the episode, I mentioned the College of Health, Education, and Wellness. This is actually the center of health, education, and wellness. That was a mistake on my part. Hi, uh, my name is Morgan Schmitz. I am a transfer student at UT. I am also a Rocky Top Recovery Ambassador, and I myself am in recovery. Hi, my name is Grace Harden. I am also a student at University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I am going to be a junior this coming semester, and I am also a Rocky Top Recovery Ambassador, and I am an ambassador for mental health awareness and recovery. All right, so... uh Tell me a little bit about the program, um, about how it started. Uh, I, Grace, I understand you were there from the start. I was. Um, throughout co- high school, I had kind of started to become more aware of my own mental health and my journey and got connected to some really cool resources while I went to school in Nashville. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of something similar in college. And my Connections had connected me to the Rocky Top Recovery Ambassador Program that was becoming an idea. Gotcha. Morgan, how did you get involved? I heard of one of your events on campus. Uh, I play music in Knoxville in various capacities, and some of my friends were playing, and I was like, Rocky Top Recovery, what's this? Because I had just recently started my own recovery journey, um, and my school career was actually being affected by that. So... Seeing this seemed like something that would have helped me not only get back into school, but also help others going through what I was going through. And I've been at it for about a semester and a half. Love it. And thank you for, yeah, thanks for being a part of this. There was a fist bump there, by the way. For making it happen. What was it like getting the awareness out? 
we had a lot of tabling events. We put up signs everywhere. We created a social media account. We reposted everything we could find. We talked to other student organizations. And honestly, just by having an account on Instagram, reaching out to the organizations that already exist on campus and finding other students that also support the cause has been really integral to our development as a community. Your crowning achievement was a water slide, right? You had a... Oh, that was my favorite. That was my (laughs) initial event idea. I had made a joke to my friends before the ambassador program had officially started. I said, hey, I'm going to get a bounce house on campus right in front of HSS. That's one of our educational buildings on campus. And you did exactly that. I did exactly that thing. (laughs) So whenever I sent them the flyer online, I was like, hey, you guys have to come now. This was my idea. You have to come. And they did. You definitely got the word out. You definitely got people aware. It's hard to ignore a an inflatable an slide. An 80-foot yeah. inflatable obstacle course in <laughs> front of your classroom building. That definitely did the job. With uh, a DJ, I will add. What, is, what, is, what are the recovery things like? I mean, how do you foster that community? What do you do? I think by spreading awareness within our own community and offering support and understanding and empathy to the people around us. We're really able to understand where each other come from. Maybe we don't know every step of someone's journey and maybe we don't fully understand how it's connected to the person they are today, but we can look past that all together as a group and see that recovery is important to all of our lives. We're all on this journey and having other people around you that can understand that, empathize and like, I guess, support you along the way is just imperative to someone's recovery and continued recovery. I like what you said there, because a lot of times when you look at recovery, you see numbers, you see this many people, this many thousand of people are addicted to this. But you, when you see numbers, it's hard to picture that those numbers are college students, those numbers are family members, sons, daughters, all that. So humanizing it is huge but I think one thing we did this semester that was really helpful was allowing people to get involved in our program more not as ambassadors but like as kind of allies and just friends with the group I mean we've let we let business students sit in on our meetings we've also created the two group me's for the meetings that we start we started recovery meetings on campus I was gonna ask that's that hasn't happened before. We right? had like fifty frat guys at a sober event. Tell me when that's happened before <laughs> on campus. <laughs> So we, we've like really gotten into a whole sober network of, and some of us who are in recovery are also all giving each other resources on meetings in town. We try and schedule meetings together. Uh, even if we can't go together, we're always communicating about things like that. And it, it's kind of nice to see the numbers, although small at the start, we're still a new program. It's nice to see these numbers actually build up. And also it's nice to see people show up on their own accord for no paycheck, no other reason than just to support each other because, you know, it's easy to think altruism is dead. It's easy to think that people don't really care. And like, that's how you end up in these rooms in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's really hopeful. So you're connected with the recovery community outside of college. How would you say the program's doing by comparison, speed of growth, uh, things like that? I would say by speed of growth, it's, it's amazing. I have, I've just, it's so common to see somebody start a brand new meeting And if they're not fully connected with other people, they will be sitting alone for weeks on end, months on end. Uh, Just because a lot of recovery things are completely run on a volunteer basis, 
some of us don't have that conscious to put a service commitment in there. So for me, this actually serves as a service commitment in a way, um, which I could view as taking away from time in the community, but it's not. It is the community. Yeah, no, this very much is. And with all our events, we have people in the community messaging us on Instagram. They recognize us. I've been recognized from the rooms in this program and always get asked, how do we get involved? And the more that we put into this program and the longer that we keep doing events, the more we're going to have community engagement opportunities. So that's something we're really looking at for the future. Awesome. So you're talking about getting buy-in from campus. It sounds like it was very enthusiastic. I know some of the results. You've done surveys at, at these tabling events and other events, uh, just getting people's understanding of the issue, how much they care about it. Of course, everyone these days are talking about opioids, and that's undoubtedly a concern. Uh, a lot, of, especially considering that fentanyl is showing up in counterfeit pills, um, even counterfeit Adderall, which is of significant concern to the concern to the college population. But I understand that alcohol was uh, the biggest concern, which I suppose shouldn't be terribly surprising. Um, I was wondering if you could reflect on what people have told you is the big concern, what you're seeing in that regard, uh, in terms of the college student experience with recovery. I'd say at least for our university, like culture, community, kind of social scene, alcohol overdose and like overusage and binge drinking is very, very prevalent and very common to see every weekend. I'd like to just quickly point out, you said overdose and then binge drinking, but I think that's actually a really important way of framing it. Binge drinking is an overdose in in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think it's become so normalized in many college communities. And I don't, I don't know how UT compares to other colleges in terms of that, but I see it. Other students see it. Their friends like can't get home by themselves on the weekends. Like they run into doors Stuff like that. I don't know. You know, it can right. be easy to laugh at, but People ultimately, yeah. this is like a pattern you're creating for yourself lifelong and long term. And it kind of starts in college. You know, it's normalized. You do it mm. with your friends. You do it to have fun. But how long is it until it's a coping skill? Right. Until you don't know how to not have a fun weekend without alcohol. Right. And I think that's one really strong aspect that Rocky Top Recovery is starting to bring to campus is that you can have fun at sober events, even though it's not the typical college party. It's not, you know, like partying, walking through the fort on a Saturday at 1 a.m., but it does offer an alternative, not only for people to learn how to have fun without alcohol, but for people that are in recovery to have support and allies around them and not be, not having to avoid a party because there, there's alcohol there and not having to avoid having fun because all of their friends want to get drunk and have fun that night. You're targeting people who are just entering adulthood. Um, I, I, we, we know underage drinking happens in the United States, but these are people who are also just 21, just brand new freedom. Uh, you talked about setting these habits. I'm sure it does happen, but most people probably that go into recovery don't talk about hitting rock bottom at 19. It usually happens a little bit later. Uh, what are the challenges therein? I mean, I, I'm sure, yeah, like you said, there are difficulties with getting people to openly admit to being in recovery, but they clearly exist. What I wanted to throw out on the last topic was we are a football school. Tailgating is part of the culture here. That's just what we live with. And like y'all are saying, with young adults, I mean, in my personal case as a drinker, I, I started drinking very young and I hadn't developed 
who I was as an adult because I accepted this lifestyle as normal. And so once I'm around like-minded people and always following mm. the one thing that I'm doing, I won't see the forest from the trees, so to speak. Right. And so when you're in this environment and you're always around it, you're not going to immediately see it as a problem if it's not affecting your grades, if it's not affecting your personal relationships, if you don't have any other things to judge it by and this is all the first time it's happening to you. Um, For me personally, I had to kind of step back and realize, I mean, I had to take a hit on my grades. If I mean, full disclosure, I have a 1.76 GPA and that's what my rock bottom was. But I had to also like not only fix my grades, but it still sits until this semester is over. Like right. that's what it shows. And like, it's a good reminder for me. And it's also a good reminder when I see other people like kind of struggling because there's a lot of, because we're a D1 school, there's a lot of organizations, I'm not going to name any of them, that are like pro football, pro partying, and like highlight that. So if you're on social media, you'll see every week people in bushes. There's a big bush jumping competition going on about people getting drunk. If you drive down Cumberland Strip any given weekend, you're going to see people sleeping in the grass. You're going to see all kinds of things. And I think we're here to let you know that it that's not normal. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're here to let you know that that doesn't have to be normal. And That's there are not people... a normal reaction to drinking. Right. Yeah, that you can still enjoy a football game without destroying yourself. Without blacking out. Blacking yeah. out is overdosing on alcohol. Not yeah. many people know that. Yeah. Blacking out, like losing your memory from drinking, that's not what alcohol is supposed to do to you. Right. That's not what social drinking is. And I feel like that's what's being normalized in many, many college areas because I see like you know I follow barstool there's so many videos of girls that are drunk getting pushed in bushes and yeah. guys yeah we got to really sound fun that that's the thing it's, it's like, just funny for the video it's funny for the right. bit and it's every sun there's the, the Sunday scaries every single <laughs> weekend so passed out on couches yeah like you know drools dripping down like people do stuff to them when they're asleep yeah People pass out in the bathrooms. Like, College like, culture is very interesting. It's gl- it's glorified. Because, I mean, imagine trying to be in recovery in this culture. I mean, God, yeah, imagine you want to talk about sports and hang out and watch a game with somebody, and just about everybody you're encountering, this is how they engage with it. That's got to be challenging. But you're talking about extending this out to the broader community as well. Just like, look, this is... This is unhealthy. This is this is not a culture that's having a good time. I think that as a whole generation, it's been normalized like year after year. Like colleges for partying, colleges like for drinking, and you know, like mm. doing stuff that you're never gonna do again because you'll be an adult. But I don't. I think a lot of people look past the fact that this is the transition to adulthood, mm. and if we're not learning like how to take care of ourselves now, how to do things in moderation, and how to really focus on our mental health and our grades and like what we're here to do, I guess. What do you want to be? Yeah. You're trying to figure out who you want to be. Right. I don't, I personally don't see a way to do that if you black out and forget who you are every weekend. Well, it's good. That's a wonderful way of putting it. it. It's good to show all the options of what you can be. Right. With alcohol comes a lot of DUIs, comes a lot of being... Injuries. Injuries, pushing yourself into bushes. There's accidental trespassing. I mean... 
our fans are the best. We're throwing trash on the field and all the things that we do. Yeah. There's there's a lot of crime that ends up getting associated with the behaviors that we exhibit when we're drunk. And that's, again, normal and glorified in a lot of communities on college campuses. It's really important to have options that even if somebody doesn't want to completely quit and be sober, but doesn't want to drink at this point or wants to go to an event and not want to drink, we, it's really good that we have that opportunity available for them, even if we're just giving them free food and stickers. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an, it's an, whatever is your path to recovery type of approach. It's not so, you know, it's only one, our way or the highway. We don't, we don't necessarily preach like moderation. We don't preach trying things like that, but we do preach harm reduction. We want people to feel comfortable in their own communities, and we want to give them the tools to do so, to know about the risks of what they might be putting themselves into, how to help other people that have put themselves into a bad situation, and you're a bystander. It's really important that people know that these things are going to happen around you, your journey is your journey. You got to focus on yourself, but also it's nice to be able to know how to help people. You know, for sober people, it's hard to find allies, and I think that's a really good aspect that Rocky Top Recovery brings. I would say to your earlier question too, that is a fundamental difference between us and the other sober communities outside of collegiate recovery. Is we're not promising you sobriety we're not trying to get you sober we're trying to give you an option on campus in an environment where there's that's like what's happening where you can get sober yes but we're not trying to change you as a person and that's like the key difference there's no there's no you have to give up or say an oath or do anything you can just come out hang out with us for a little bit we've got all kinds of awesome people involved in the program it's not just grace and myself uh and we know all kinds of awesome people. And it's really nice to see how many organizations wanted to interact with us as well. And it's nice to see how many people that, like, maybe not have a space for us yet, but will in the future. So, like, there's a lot of, like, promising stuff down the road. Actually, speaking of that, I understand you're moving over to the uh, College of Health Education and Wellness. So it sounds like there's some cementing going on in the program. The rumors are true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's good to know that this is continuing then. I'm very excited for us to begin partnering more with other organizations and centers on campus and be able to help advocate for them, help advocate for students, and also give them more outreach opportunities to work with students and have support groups like, like Rocky Top Recovery groups that we have. And it's not a 12-step program. We're not pushing you into anything. No, no prerequisites required. We are here to support you wherever you are in your journey. As long as you don't come and brag about what you did this weekend with your buddies, that's, right. everyone's welcome. Unless it was like, you know, something that wasn't done in a state of extreme intoxication. You know what you mean. I, you know yeah. what I mean. I, br- I went on a 50-mile bike ride. Well, you can brag about that. I you can brag you about that for sure. One of my favorite parts about every event that we've done is that there's always at least one person, usually more, who come up to us and say, hey, I've got a brother, I've got a friend in recovery, and I really support what you do. And sometimes they won't even take the free stuff. They won't even, may not even take the survey. They just come out and let us know that it's nice to be visible, it's nice to be seen. And if anybody is struggling who's listening to this on UT campus, please reach out. We are very open, very awesome people, and we're here for you because there's not enough resources on campus 
for the sober community. What's your Instagram handle? We are at Rocky Top Recovery on Instagram. We post several times a week. And yeah, we post some reels. We're going to have our end of the year final reel coming up pretty soon. And so your Venmo is at... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone needs to contact you, a DM is appropriate? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. We also have an email, which is the same as our Instagram handle, but with an added at gmail.com. Okay, that's nice and easy. Yes, it is. Quite convenient. Glad it was available. Grace and Morgan, thank you both so very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks thank you, Jeremy Corvellis. Close. What was it? What is it? Corvellus. Corvellus. Thank Pretend you. Pretend it's a Spanish word. Thank you, Jeremy Corvellus. For more episodes on in-depth discussions on Tennessee policies related to substance use disorder by a range of local experts, please subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts and visit our website at smart.tennessee.edu. I'm Jeremy Corvellus. Thank you for listening and see you next month.